0: Welcome back, podcast listeners, here with episode 130, and Tony, as you can see, mate, I'm recording in the beautiful sunshine today.
1: You do have a glow happening on your face there, so it's um, up in country Myrtleford.
0: I am in the country, and mate, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice 24 degrees, how is it back in your end?
1: Don't know, I haven't been out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: wearing a t-shirt today without the heater on. That's, that's a good start for Melbourne, isn't
0: it? Well, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I reckon I would have my shirt off right now. But um, while you're looking at me, mate, I this. Didn't, didn't, didn't stop Willard. It didn't stop Willard. <laughs> but I can't even see both of you today. But look, anyway, Tony, we're going to jump into it today. Um, it's been interesting. We've actually had a few people um, reach out recently, especially around self-managed super funds. And I know we've talked about it before historically, but... I thought today would be really good um, and to, just to discuss some of the traps that people fall into. Because I think when you're having, I guess, a beer and a conversation around the barbecue around superannuation, a lot of people fall into the trap of, you know, a self managed super fund is going to be a really good tool for me to, you know, pick what I want to pick. Um, sure. And they, I think they feel like, you know, because it's their own super fund as they have in their mind that they're going to be able to do a lot more. Uh, have a lot more flexibility, but realistically, that's not really the case with our clients.
1: Well, for any client uh, in general, uh, so there's there's still there's still rules that come around being and you know, having a self managed superannuation fund, and there's uh, there's the SIS Act ninety four to understand. You actually have to have a written investment and insurance strategy as part of the Superannuation Act. You do, and that has to be reviewed. Uh, they say reviewed regularly, which according to the ATO does
0: mean um, annually. And that, that is a trap that people fall in, um, not getting that reviewed, their investment strategy and their insurance strategy.
1: Well, there's there's a few reasons why. And if we, if we talk about the horror stories that we've actually seen in the past, you know, where a client all of a sudden has, there seems to be people thinking the magic number is $200,000. When I hit 200000 I can have a self-managed super fund because a lot of times that's what their advisors, who might have a vested interest, has actually said to them. But then they've got the... So they, the advisor sets it up, gets $3,000 a year in accounting fees, and all of a sudden it's a case of, but you were, you know, and then where's the money going to be invested? Oh, if, the, if they're also the advisor at the same time, are they gouging fees or are they just doing what's in the best interest of the client? Because a lot of people that we've come across, who are self-managed super funds do not understand the complexity of a self-managed super fund or the fact that they even have to lodge a tax return every year.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the people, I guess, where they set up self-managed super funds as, and they're looking after it, seem to put their money in Australian equities as well, which, you know, you're able to do in, in so many different ways.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can, you can just have Australian equities through a normal trustee without having to pay the accounting fees. Uh, trustee service, you know, go direct and, and have those Australian equities. The only difference is, is that you can't say just have a share. Uh, and and there's, I mean, from our perspective, as you know, Jamie, we only recommend a self-managed super fund if the client is buying a property. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had one client, uh, well, we have a client, um, probably a year and a half ago now, um, actually reached out and said, um, oh, you know, should we have a self-managed super fund? And I asked the question, Why? Do they plan on doing anything differently? They already had a bit of property, only a young couple, but very successful. Uh, had a bit of property in their personal name through family trusts, et cetera, very successful in business. And I said, why, why would you want one just as a matter of interest? And they said, oh, because my accountant has said we should have one. And I said, why did the accountant suggest? Well, because we've got balance of 200000 I said, okay, so... On that basis have the has by law they have to look at what the fees are and what's going to be and what disclose what all the fees are and what about your insurances and all the rest of it so on that basis I'm not suggesting it's a bad thing where do you want the investments oh, I also want you just to do the investments so basically it was a case of so the because we said that the only reason for uh, you'd buy you'd have a self managed super fund is because you actually want to buy property, whether it be their own business premises, which they've already done through a family trust structure. Yeah. Anyway, so so based on that, why do you actually want to do it? So there was there was actually no reason. So I said, Well, at the end of the day, our fees would be exactly the same. Uh, but you're now just paying three thousand dollars in accounting fees that you don't have to pay. And so the question they asked me was, well, then why would he have recommended I So that's not for me to answer. That's for him yeah. uh, to actually answer. And it wasn't him in this case. So and, and that's the thing is that a lot of people or, the, the, you know, the, the one I did see, which came in and we actually said, sorry, we can't take you on. Substantial amount of money in, in, in an industry super fund. And, and, you know, an OK one. It's, it's done OK uh it's performed on average you know like the others have so it's, it's been okay and he said he didn't like the performance he didn't like not having control uh which is fair enough a lot of people like that he wanted to set up a self-managed super fund ask those similar questions you know basically he did have enough to certainly uh have it set up invest in property and be diversified it's not just that property uh and i asked the question is because he wanted to put all of it into cryptocurrency hmm. And I, told, I said, I well, so under, under the SIS that's not really what we call diversification. And you can't just have on that uh, investment strategy. Uh, we'll invest 100% of funds in cash and cryptocurrency. Um, and, and it was just a case of, I, I looked at it and uh, some of the horror stories that came from him. You know, so it's uh, one of the ones was, do you know Bill Gates is investing in cryptocurrency? I said, where did you see that? And he said, on Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, has Wally Ali, Mel Gibson, uh, um, Is uh, all, all these. Run- and I said, you've got to be kidding. And he so, of course, clicked through. He'd gone and invested his own money, borrowed money from his property, gone and invested some of his own money. I said, do me a favor, because he keeps talking about all these gains. I said, just give the brokers a call. We did some due diligence. The brokers were based in Romania, a bit of a red flag to start with. Um, uh, so I said, uh, give, give the brokers a call, uh, tell them you want to do, cause the broker was the one who suggested out of Romania, they set up a self-managed super fund so they can invest more because they kept making 10, 15% every week, you know, all this trading going on that this uh, broker was doing for them. I said, do me a favor, just tell the broker that you want to sell out all your profit and just keep your original capital that you'd put in. Broker went silent. Didn't hear back. No, no money back at all. Uh, runner, and and that's the thing is that he was willing to is my age and he was willing to put everything that they'd saved together in superannuation uh, into something they got no idea about and trust somebody they'd never met before in their life to give them advice with their money and that's kind of horrifying. We didn't take him on board as a client. I don't know what he's done, but that's the type of thing where I'm just thinking, guys, seriously, and. You might remember, Jamie, when I was giving that talk in Chicago where you are there, and I said to the guys, uh, they are very high net worth room of money you know, with a learner group, all their clients. And I said to them, one of the problems that we have in Australia is that we hadn't seen a recession, now, not even after the GFC, we actually hadn't seen a recession for some 30-odd years. Well, I think it was the longest in history, It's probably 27 years at the time, longest in history, uh, record where a recession had never kicked in. And, and based on that, I said, one of the fears I actually have is there's a whole lot of experts that have only ever seen rising markets and never really seen tough times. And everyone's an expert in a rising market because you can buy anything and it just goes up in value. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to things like diversification, et cetera, the case of, well, you know we're telling clients right now, yeah, we do have you know, quite a bit of uh, fixed interest and cash in there. And because the markets are pretty high at the moment, and we don't know where they're going to. We still want to be in the in the market, but we don't want full exposure. So there is just this fear, and it's it's the um, I'm learning or or your your millennial jargon, but the FOMO, that fear of missing out, and it's really really scary. Yeah. Now property markets keep rising right now, Tony. For the last six months, the last twelve months, I'll, I'll just go and put everything into property. It's like <laughs> no probably at the wrong end of the cycle to do that, so.
0: Yeah, and I guess with with those self-managed funds, as you were talking, you can't just have an investment strategy that's gonna be fixated on on one thing. Um, As you said, there needs to be diversification, but on that investment strategy, it also does consider a fair few things uh, within that document that needs to be reviewed. I, I guess it talks about the investment strategy, it also talks about the investment objectives, um, yeah. the objectives of that fund. Uh, it also outlines the investment choices. Um, as we were saying, is that going to be de- um, direct property? Is it going to be direct equities? Is it going to be you know, property trusts? However, that's going to be invested. But,
1: within- also, but also as part of that objective is, is liquidity events. So somebody comes to retirement, there's a liquidity event there, and that is they have to start drawing an income. Yeah. Now, if, if they got 90% of their asset in a property and all of a sudden that property becomes unleased, as an example. So think of all the clients who have commercial property that uh, all of a sudden not getting any income. And even if there's no debt on that property to repay, they have to draw out, let's say, 5% of the fund balance. Their fund balance might be $2 million. They have to draw out hundred grand. they have got no cash. They've got no liquidity. They can't sell the bathroom. So they've actually got... The crisis of a liquidity event in there too, because they actually don't have diversification.
0: Yeah, and that actually it also aligns itself with as you're talking um, liquidity when buying that direct property, it needs to be considered within that strategy. And Absolutely. You need to also consider, like, and I guess that's another part um, within that strategy is, is the geared investments. If you're going on, if you are putting in geared investments in there, that needs to be considered within that strategy.
1: Absolutely. And and we're, we're not geared investments can be geared into anything, of course. So, but yeah, it has to be it has to actually be put into a strategy because gearing, yes, it can magnify gains, but it can also magnify losses. Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah. And another thing they need to consider, I guess, is the policies within the self-managed super fund. So this is somewhere I think sometimes where people get caught is they think they just establish it and it's done. But you know they need to be regular. A self-managed super fund needs to regular. Uh, Regulatory mark, I get the word out, Tony. They need to monitor it regularly um, to make sure the performance is correct um, as their ov- overall investment risk, as well as, you know, rebalancing the fund to, to meet
1: yeah. their... Yeah, and let's talk, let's talk about the objective. So let's say, for example, we've got a 50-year-old, uh, and a 50-year-old's objective is to retire at 65 and an income of $100,000 a year. Now, let's say we have a COVID event and my portfolio has just dropped by 20%. Yeah. No, we know we know with the benefit of hindsight that was short term. But let's say my portfolio has dropped twenty percent. Yeah. Do I sit there as the trustee and then go and say, oh my God, my five hundred thousand is now worth four hundred thousand dollars, panic stations, put everything to cash. Is that the objection is that the objective of the trustee or What's the objective of my fund to retire in 100 grand a year, and based on that 20% drop in the market, where I've been in the industry 30 years now, I know those drops don't last forever. Um, But based on that, it's a case of, hold on, if where's that going to have my what's my goal and objective at age 65? Now, if all of a sudden that short-term drop in the market could even be medium-term drop in the market that's actually occurred. My objective might now that I'm now only on track to achieve $95,000 a year in retirement. Yeah. So based on that, do I just put everything to cash and then all of a sudden I'm only earning 1% in this market if I'm lucky and now I'm going to, I've just dropped 20, I'm now going into cash at the bottom of the market and all of a sudden in 12 months time when I'm doing the review again, it's now I'm only going to earn $80,000 a year in retirement. So sometimes it's a case of having the head – of 30 years of knowledge saying, guys, these things happen, but now that we've got some cash in the fund, we've got some fixed interest, we're actually going to, if we, you know, my my, my story in line is, you now if I like Microsoft at $300, I like it even more, $220, as an example. Yeah. So the Boxing Day sale, why wouldn't be buying more? So this is where diversification is so important as well, is because if you have one of those liquidity events or if you have a drop in the market, What's the objective of the fund? So, is the objective of the fund to still actually and so let's say for example they just had direct Australian equities and all they had was Telstra and the banks and they were averaging a, on average you know a four percent dividend on a two million dollar portfolio plus franking credits giving them a hundred thousand dollars worth of income. The market crashes and twenty percent is wiped off uh, their share price overnight. What's their income next year? They're now in retirement. So, what's their income next year?
0: It's going to be reduced,
1: isn't it? No, most likely still going to be a hundred grand if they didn't sell, because the the companies, the banks are still, the shares are being sold. But if the banks and telstra are still making those profits and distributing the dividends, no. so as an example, their div- if they make the same profit on a lower share price, their dividend is slightly higher. Their income is going to be roughly the same. But if they panic and go to cash, and now only getting one percent, they're only making twenty thousand dollars. That's when their income is going to drop. So once again, it shows. The, what is the objective? Now, the objective is based on income in retirement. The objective isn't I'm going to earn 37% every week through cryptocurrency. You know, no, it's a, it's the long-term objective that they're actually having to look for at all times and make sure they're diversified enough to be able to
0: achieve it. Yeah. I think, look, I think one more thing to touch on um, before we finish up as well is, the changes to the rules um, around advising on a self-managed super fund. So you need a qualification and, and you do hold that, Tony? Yes, I do. So I've held it for many years. So it's, yeah. um, A lot of people out there don't actually hold that qualification at the moment to advise on a self-managed super fund. And, and that's where you've seen really good accountants refer that business to uh, people like us um, that are able to advise on those funds. Well, there's,
1: there's, there's an accountant that we have a wonderful relationship with that we've worked with for quite some time. And uh, well, regarding one of his clients uh, just last Friday and Vaughan and I were on the call with him and he turned around and said, no, I said so his, his, his client's got property in the super fund. Uh, they did have an issue during COVID in respect of being rented out and he's quite cashed up and he said, no, Tony, I actually want, I don't want it just buying units because they've got a separate property unit trust, which they buy units of it every year. He said, no, I actually want it diversified uh, so, can you make sure that I only want a hundred thousand of the cash going towards buying more units in the property and 300 on market? And he's, he goes, Now, I can't give that advice, obviously. And that was just music to my ears when I heard somebody say, I know what I'm talking about, but I also know the fact that he was saying, uh, Now, when I say what him, um, basically he was saying, Yeah, what do you think, Tony? This is what I think. And I think he needs diversification in this, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's the example of working in conjunction with someone. And the, there's no doubting that this accountant is unbelievable of tax structures and tax in general. Uh, he's wonderful at it. But he also knows where his limitation lies and legally what he can say and what he can't say as well, which is also
0: very refreshing. Yeah. Tony, I appreciate your time today, mate. I'm going to keep lapping this sun up. Um, and maybe you should get out for a walk yourself. Don't get too sunburned, mate. I'm big, Will. That's why I've got the hat on. <laughs> Thanks, Dode. There.
1: The Kofkan Bond podcast is a product from Kofkan Bond Co., which we are an authorised representative of GAN Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Kafkan Bond podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional.